Good morning. It's Monday, November 28th. National French Toast Day. Yeah, sure, it's also Cyber Monday, a day with all those big online sales, but this is a serious news show, and I'm here to give you the serious news facts. And the fact is, it's also National French Toast Day, and that is delicious. And now the news. The World Cup is a footy, and there are a lot of great podcasts breaking down everything actually going on with the matches. I recommend Brendan Hunt and Rebecca Lau's After the Whistle for a great weekly breakdown. But if you're wondering why all of the sudden everyone's talking about soccer when Alex Morgan and Megan Rapino aren't even playing, I thought a little summary might help. So let's do the basics and then why, if you don't even care about soccer, you need to know what's happening. Side note, for the ease of our American brains, I'm going to refer to it as soccer, but obviously the rest of the world calls it football because of how you play it with your feet. The name makes sense, and American football needs to change their name. They're the one that sucks. Anyway, uh, the World Cup is a worldwide soccer tournament played every four years. And while here in America, soccer isn't maybe the most popular sport, worldwide, the most beautiful game is the most popular sport by leaps and bounds. Like, Taylor Swift fans are taking notes on the passion of soccer fans in other countries. So if soccer isn't for you, that's totally fine, but the context that you need here is that this tournament is huge. The men play this year and the women will play next year. Fun fact, the US women's national team has the honor of being the most successful international soccer team. We're talking four World Cup titles, four Olympic golds, and nine CONCACAF golds, which is another very important and impressive win um, just don't worry about it. The point is they're very, very good. That's not part of the news. That's just, um, something to tell you, to remind you of. Anyway, the point is soccer or oh, she popular countries bid on hosting the world cup, which is played tournament style. And it's a big deal. Lots of money gets poured into these countries during the almost month long world cup. And this year, the cup is being hosted by Qatar. That's a whole long and very corrupt story about how that came to pass, but the TLDR is Qatar has never been to a World Cup, let alone hosted. They aren't really a soccer country at all, and so it seemed like a big eyebrow raise emoji when they won the bid to host in 2010. In fact, in 2020, the Department of Justice alleged that top officials took bribes ahead of the 2018 and 2022 World Cup. I know it's technically World Cups, but come on. That's a funny grammar joke. It's funnier to say World's Cup. The 2018 World Cup, by the way, took place in Russia. Anyway, so FIFA is corrupt, which we've been and stay knowing. But let's get into why you need to care about any of this. So first of all, Qatar didn't even have the proper infrastructure for these matches when they won the bid in 2010. So for the last 12 years, they've had to build them up and they relied on migrant workers, which make up about 90% of the workforce in Qatar. Those workers have had to deal with delayed or even unpaid wages, forced labor, long hours in the hot, hot heat, which, by the way, that's why the matches are this late in the year. It's too hot in Qatar to play in the summer when the matches normally are. So instead of saying, uh, maybe we shouldn't play in Qatar, they were like, hey, I have an idea. We'll move them by like four and five months. And on top of all of that, workers can't even leave. They're forced to continue to work because they're migrant workers. 37 deaths have been linked directly to the stadium construction, but The Guardian has reported that more than 6,500, 6,500 migrant workers from India, Pakistan, Nepal, Bangladesh, and Sri Lanka 
have died since Qatar won the World Cup bid in 2010. And that number, 6,500, doesn't include workers from the Philippines and Kenya. And yes, we don't know how many of that 6,500 come from working at the stadiums, but that's because Qatar has not been transparent in their reporting. So that's the human rights violations. Now let's talk about human rights violations, but like other ones. Qatar has a state-backed discrimination against LGBTQ folks. It is illegal and punishable by up to three years in prison for men to have sex with other men. And as recently as September, people were being arrested pretty arbitrarily for just existing in this world and also being a member of the LGBTQ community. And actually, during the World Cup, a U.S. journalist was detained for wearing a shirt with a rainbow on it. So that's the the vibe going into these games. Ahead of the games, seven Euro team captains wanted to wear One Love armbands, and FIFA told them that they'd receive yellow cards immediately upon stepping onto the pitch if they were wearing the band. And the problem there is that in the World Cup, these yellow cards, which are penalty cards, if you don't watch soccer, it's just a, hey, um, we don't like that. That's bad. Um, So that's a penalty card. These yellow cards in the World Cup carry over. So if you get one in one game and another in another game, you will be kicked out of the game for the rest of that game and then banned for another game. FIFA says that the reason that that is going to be the case with these armbands is because these bands are a violation. And okay, maybe that's true. Maybe you can't wear anything that is not given to you by FIFA. Okay. But these teams wrote to FIFA in September to give them a heads up. Hey, we want to wear these bands. And FIFA didn't respond until the matches were upon us. These teams also said they pay the fines associated with kit violations, but the risk of a captain being banned is not one a team should have to make. And many agree with the fans calling it a free speech violation and no notes. Yeah. Also, not for nothing, that One Love campaign was actually started by the Dutch Football Association in 2020. It was adapted for the cup. Uh, Side note, shout out to Carly Burt, a.k.a. the other Carly, starting both Carlys who refer to each other as the other Carly. Uh, Anyway, shout out to Carly for telling me that she's never heard anyone else refer to the World Cup as the Cup. I love soccer so much, I'm also learning, and I think we should all refer to it as the Cup. Anyway, in the end, uh, no one wore the band, and you can't blame them. What are you going to do? You're threatening to not let your captain play. People was like, don't worry, this seems bad, but I figured out a way to fix it. Um, We have our own armband. And it says no discrimination on it. Any captain can wear this band starting at the quarterfinals. Okay, sure. But I want to be really clear here. The One Love armband had a heart with a rainbow on it. Their no discrimination one does not. So... In protest, Germany's team put their hands over their mouth in their team photo, followed with this statement, quote, Denying us the armband is the same as denying us a vote. We stand by our position. Wembley lit their stadium in rainbow colors as well. Listen, I'm watching the World Cup. A lot of people are watching the World Cup. Just to give you an idea of how many people are watching, over 15 million watched the United States versus England match, which was, by the way, side note, wild. Watching or not watching is a choice. I support you either way, but sports are inherently political. If you're not watching these matches while also watching everything around them, you're watching wrong. Dana, other other Carly, Sierra in like five weeks. It's fine. She approved that joke. The too long didn't read here of this episode is FIFA is corrupt. Qatar never should have hosted. And what I know you already know is love is love is love. And neither a country 
that makes love illegal, nor an organization that doesn't push back against that idea should not have their boot prints all over the world's most popular sport. And that's it. That's the news. To be honest, I didn't think the whole episode would be about this, but it got away from me, which I guess I shouldn't be surprised. You can, and I'm not being sarcastic here, understand the world and its dynamics through soccer. So when it comes to soccer, it's always going to be political. But like I said, if you don't really care about the World Cup, you have to know about what is happening in this World Cup. Now you do. Kind of. I don't know. Uh, Let me know if you have questions. That love is love is love, by the way, is a reference to Lin-Manuel Miranda's Tony speech, where in part of it, he said, quote, we lived through times when hate and fear seem stronger. We rise and fall in light from dying embers, remembrance that hope and love last longer. And love is love is love is love is love is love is love could not be killed or swept aside. And it's seeing that love is a crime in Qatar and watching the video of the Colorado Springs shooter's dad saying he was fine with his son being a murderer as long as he's not gay and a reminder that traditional love is just loving with your whole heart and saying it with your whole chest. Love matters and who you love matters. And anyone, any country or federation or person who tries to tell you otherwise is wrong. And because today you are going to at least think about how great French toast is. Oh, I like pancakes instead, please. French toast is so versatile. While also putting more love into the world. I'm proud of you.